Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 501. Mr. Samich. Mahomes should have slid. Huzzah! Mahomes should have slid. What is going on with... What is Slidegate? Oh. Hi, I was I was all excited to say hi to Dennis because he hasn't been on in about a month. But what the hell are you talking about? Patrick Mahomes slid with the Jets having zero timeouts at the two-yard line instead of walking in the end zone um, so that they could just take knees and win the game, which, by the way, is the correct choice and the smart thing that he should do and the best thing for the team. Uh, it sucks if you bet the Chiefs, but to be fair, the Chiefs never should have covered that game anyway. So you, if you were a Jets backer, it would have been a worse bad beat for you if you had run in the end zone than a Jet, than a Chiefs backer when he doesn't. Um, but it's just part of part of sports betting. When you bet the favorite, their goal is to win the game. Your goal is for them to cover. Sometimes that doesn't quite align. Yeah, they didn't align in this case, that's for sure. Uh, I, I, I didn't realize it was that big of a deal, but... Um, apparently it was every every single spread was decided by that play essentially although you argue there were some other plays also that mattered shoddy what was the result of the head-to-head with aaron Rodgers and t swift i really wish a book had posted that t swift property talked about she was on the broadcast 17 unique times 17 out uh, out broadcasted rogers he was on a broadcast nine times so 17 to nine swift well, we're still back after episode 500. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for the wonderful comments that we got from you. It was great to have everybody on board for that one. Um, we, uh, you know, starting uh, episode 501, we have, I think, 18,000 races to talk about. Yeah, there's 15 Breeders' yeah. Cup winning year in prep races this coming weekend, and a lot that happened that weren't necessarily official preps, but a lot of Breeders' Cup implications this past weekend, Mike. Yeah, a ton of them. Uh, we had three classic races. We had we got to see multiple turf races, a sprint race that I think may matter. We'll talk about that one as well. Uh, so just a lot of very interesting yeah. races and some interesting odds moves as well. I mean, sprints race specifically with Speedboat Beach, 12 to 1 morning line, goes off at 3 to 1. Uh, looks every bit as good as everyone in it, else in there. And uh, I think he has a legit shot at winning the sprint. I'm just going to say it now. Oh, boy. Hot takes already. Give us your hot takes <laughs> in the live chat if you're watching us live. If you are watching on replay, uh, shoot them in the comment section. Love to hear from you. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Mike, plenty of fun things to talk about from this past week, and some things a little bit more unbelievable than others, but was very believable. My single in the pick five, they didn't cash, but hey, uh, I definitely got this single home. Your top pick, my top pick, Aaron's top pick, Jared's top pick. For once, it wasn't a jinx. Slow down, Andy. Gate to wire, just like what we expected. A win in urine for the classics, or a focus on the classic division first. What do you think about this race? Um, I don't think there's much we can learn from this race. I, when, as soon as we didn't have Stiletto Boy go, which I thought he was just going to send from the outside gate, slow down Andy and kind of inherits this lead. And he's just kind of gone. Like the, the time looked fast. And we'll talk about this in comparison to the Churchill times, which are similar, but that Churchill track much slower than Sydney's tracks. You a lot often see horses go, you know, high 22s, high 46s and be able to go gate to wire. Also interesting to see all the California horses on an off track. Uh, the weather didn't quite cooperate. Well, 
anywhere in the country really from a horse racing perspective <laughs> this weekend no kidding um, and, and santa anita park didn't disappoint we had a rain shower there for about a half an hour between 12 and 12 30 uh they took races off the turf the track was clearly not a quote-unquote fast santa anita style track so a little bit different uh, look i thought slowdown any ran well but i mean what's the okay let's say who's the lowest price in the breeders club classic in this race if it's not slowdown andy uh out of this race yeah Oh, it's 100% slowed on. If it's not him. Yeah. Who is it and what's the price? Maybe defunded. Who was, was second? 15 to 1, 20 to 1. Buscador, maybe. People will say, like, they'll look at how he's constantly closing. But I don't know. That's not going to affect the wins. That's more the exotics that affects, I think. Yeah, it's probably defunded. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of my point of what slowed on Andy and why I don't feel like we learned a ton here. I think slowed yeah. on Andy is the best horse. I think slowed on Andy has a chance at winning the Breeders' Cup Classic. Slowdown Andy won't be able to go gate to wire in that race. He's going to have to come from just off the pace if he wants to do that. Then trip to trip becomes dependent. Gate becomes dependent. Um, best horse one. I was surprised we got two to one on him, to be honest with you. After all four of us picked him the five to two morning line, I was kind of surprised <laughs> we didn't see like six to five, seven to five. So I thought yeah. that you in the win there. I was a little bummed because I had a pretty big 3-1 cold exacta that just missed. Uh, so would have liked Senor to get it in gear a little bit faster there. Ends up running third <laughs> in this race. But uh, not much you can do about that. I, I It kind of feels like everyone behind Slowdown Andy is kind of done here. Like, no interested in defunding the Breeders' Cup Classic. No interested in National Treasure in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Senor Buscador, if the thing falls apart, I've got some interests but not sure that it's going to fall apart. So uh, to me, it's, it's slow down. Andy is the only one I have interest moving forward, but he's not going to get this type of trip. And I'm worried that this is going to negatively affect his price. I agree on everything that you've said. I have one question for you. The one thing I haven't been able to figure out, senior Buscador, dirt mile or classic. What do you do with him? Classic. You would go classic. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't really, we're going to talk about the dirt mile. I don't really want to face the horses in the dirt mile with senior Buscador. Who's going to have to That's come from way, way off it on that Santa Anita dirt in that dirt mile. And that that's a less advantageous distance to close at, at uh, Santa Anita. Yeah, I agree. I, I would go classic too, because there's a lot of speed. You know, a lot of horses aren't even going to be in that race. Aren't going to be necessarily mile and a quarter types. And uh, you know, there's one closure that we saw over at Churchill Downs, and we can move over there for uh, Saturday, race 10, the grade two Lucas Classic Stakes. Clapton from way off the pace, uh, so far out of it. Only Happy American was farther back, but he rallied up, just gets by trademark. So the old Clapton trademark, one, two, finish there. Uh, Chad Summers wins this race for the second time. The last time he won this race was with Mind Your Biscuits, and you picked Mind Your Biscuits to win the Classic. So are you picking Clapton to win the Classic? Hard to pass. <laughs> this race was awful. I mean, Rattle and Roll could have fired, but didn't really have any kick once they asked for it around the turn. That would be the only horse I would have had any remote interest in the Breeders' Cup Classic out of this race. Clapton, trademark, Blue Devil, no thanks. I mean, it, it, like, they went quick early, so this is a little tough to handicap as well. And you can see we always talk about, like, look at specifically where a horse is at the half-mile point and, and where everyone finishes and, and one, four, and two finished last, second to last, third to last. I thought Clapton, or Trademark, actually ran a huge race to be able to run second in this spot, considering he was closer to the pace. Uh, it just set up for a closer, and that Clapton was the one that kicked, and, and so he's able to get the job done. You mentioned how far back Happy American was. He was like 25 lengths out of this race and ends up running fifth. That's how quick the pace was early. So I'm not taking much away from this. Downgrade to rattle and roll. Definitely not going to make any of my Breeders' Cup tickets after I saw this. And he was really the only horse in this race I had any interest in moving forward. Chris Malice said it best. This race, uh, this is not a great race as far as <laughs> as far as the Breeders' Cup Classic goes. Now, I was very happy to see for Chad Summers 
that uh, Clapton was able to get up there, a horse that was privately purchased from the breeder, um, Arendelle, and uh, Chad Summers bought him and then sent him straight to the, was it the Whitney that he was in? Yeah, I remember I remember this horse a lot yeah. in Florida. Yeah, oh yeah, and he was always a good, like a late runner. He won the Ghost Zapper earlier this year, yeah. and then they privately purchased him, and he went and ran a decent fourth in the Whitney, and then he comes here and just, you know, Chad said we were looking to see between this, the awesome again, and the Woodward, what's going to set up best for him, and he's like, this one's going to have a pace collapse, so I'm going to go here. That's the right move. Um, I did ask Chad, actually, after the race, if they're going to go to the Classic. I was like, I'll see you at Santa Anita. And he said, well, maybe. So they're not sure that that's where they want to go with him. Um, this is, horse was privately purchased by Saudi interests. Uh, they are they bought him because they want this horse for Dubai and for the Saudi Cup. Like, that is exactly why this horse was privately purchased by RRRR Racing. So um, <laughs> that's their goal. If the, if the Breeders' Cup Classic can factor into that, fine. But that is ultimately their goal. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, like, I guess if the pace absolutely collapses again, maybe. But, like, he barely beat Trademark and really had a significantly better trip than yeah. Trademark. Now, he was uh, a million wide around the far turn. Like, he, I guess he was, like, eight wide, so I guess you could make a case for that. But, uh, I mean, I'll ask you the same question. Who in this race is the shortest price in the Breeders' Cup Classic? If Still the- rattle and roll, probably. Is he going to be in the Breeders' Cup Classic? I mean, there may not be a horse from this race in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Yeah, exactly. And, and could you blame him? I mean, Clapton got a 99 buyer, but the rest of these horses, I think, are just... They're, and it's not, not a problem. It's not a bad thing, but they're not... There's B-level horses. Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, is when we recap these these races now, the focus, the sole focus is the Breeders' Cup, right? We're five weeks away. We're starting to get these winning your ends. It's all about not just what happened, but what could happen in the future. And when you can when you can take any of these horses and say, okay, that was a trip. I want to use this horse on Breeders' Cup Saturday. I want to use this horse on Breeders' Cup Friday. Um, look, this was a, a positive trip. He was really wide. It was a good race. But it's just a cut below what you're going to see when it actually comes to the, the big dance. Shadi, he's saying shortest price out of this race. Not we all think Archangel is going to be the shortest price right now. Well, maybe uh, that'd be interesting. Races? Arc Arabian Night, go how rocket ride. Would Archangel have won this race by ten? Oh, geez, as much as he wanted to, yeah. I mean, it, that, that would have been a beatdown. <laughs> Does my voice sound off? Do I sound a little a little crusty, a little gravelly? No, you sound fine. Doc's Doc's texting me asking me what's wrong with my voice. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Doc, <laughs> that was Doc's a... ornery. I mean, he's he's been ornery since last night when uh, he wouldn't take a dinner bet. Ooh. Uh, one thing that you could always usually bet on was Zandon finishing second, and the Woodward Stakes field was so bad that it bucked the trend. Zandon won despite him. No, I'm just kidding. Zandon, by far the most talented horse in here, I think. Charge it if he's ever got his brain intact, which doesn't happen that often. Maybe is as talented, but he always had a problem winning. And then yet here, Mike, grade two race, mile and an eighth. Nice setup for the classic. Even money favorite, and he wins by four and a quarter. What what do you make of this? Uh, first off, I think every single person who bets in at even money should get a medal just for the courageousness to like <laughs> never wins and to take it's gotta even be money this here. time. Like I just I, I'm I'm blown away. Like I'm not saying he's not wasn't the best horse. Um, but man, like I just, even money on Zandon is, is it's, it's wild. It's wild to me. Uh, I, I thought he ran well, a little disappointed in charge it, thought charge it would be more forwardly placed. Uh, but pipeline really kind of blew the pace up in this race, went out there and absolutely gunned it early. Um, I, I thought film star ran a pretty good race. I thought law professor ran okay. But again, it's like, you look at this and like, okay, 
who, do I want Zanin in the Breeders' Cup Classic? Not on top, maybe underneath. Uh, no interest in anyone else in this race if they went there. Like there's complete Chuck ninety-nine to one shot, and so Zanin gets the job done. Zanin's going to move forward. I, I do think he's an underneath threat, but I, I just I can't see him being able to beat the big boys. Charles B says, "I bet Filmstar ran second at thirteen to one. That's a nice, uh, nice bet. And when he had the lead, you know, as soon as he dispatched of Pipeline, you're like, hey, this is about to. Oh shit. Okay, <laughs> that would that'd be disheartening. Um, I don't. Uh, my opinion stays the same on all these horses. Charge it when he's facing more than four horses going a long distance, and none of those horses can make it. He's a play against, and, he, and right here, he's off the board and finishing fourth. Uh, Zandon." Hit the board at the classic. I'm not a. a he's good. I didn't watch this. Suddenly went. Oh, he's gonna win the classic now. But the chat is going crazy. Like Chris Mello saying he's live in the in the classic. Uh, Dennis thinks he might be twelve to one in there. Uh, what do you think? Do you, what what price do you have on Zandon for this? Because he's even money here, and that was a big win. Oh man, I mean, what price should he be or will he be? I bet. He will probably. Will he be? He will be. He'll <laughs> probably go off around like eighteen to one. Somewhere in that range. I would you really probably, think he'll be that high? Yeah. I mean, look, he hasn't beaten anybody. And I, I guess, you know, it's Chad Brown. Maybe maybe he goes off 15 to 1, somewhere in there. But, like, what would you need to bet him to win? If I gave you 10 bucks, what would what, what number would you need? Mm. 40 to 1? On Zandon? Yeah, 30 to 1 maybe. 20 to 1's too low because I I think I could find a better horse, a horse I like to win at 20 to 1 better than Zandon. And I, I think the key there is a horse you'd like to win. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like him in the third or fourth spot in the classic. I think that there's definitely a shot that you could see uh you could see him end up rounding out a trifecta. I just his A plus race isn't good enough to win if four other, five other horses bring their A plus race. And and so I, I'm not assuming all five are going to. But if there's two of them, I don't see how he can win the race. But he could easily finish third or fourth in the classic. So to me, if you do get those inflated prices, he becomes more and more interesting in an exotics perspective in those third and fourth spots because they're going to pay more the higher his win odds are. Generally, you're going to see that. But uh, to me, like I, I just I couldn't get to him on top unless I'm getting a, a big time number. I'm talking like thirty plus to one. Be the best closure of the classic field, Dennis asks. I think he's the most reliable. Uh, that's the thing. Like he's gonna fire. I just don't know if if I'm trying to go through like who is the the who do you call the closers? I mean that I guess is the other part of this. I mean, like, is Archangelo a closer? No. You think he's more? He's a, I, I call him a stalker. He usually sits a little closer to the pace. Yeah. I mean, is Mage a closer? Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't, I don't know what that horse is gonna do. So who knows? They, they might change it to Plotter the way he's been running. They might change that setting. Is Forte a closer? Ah, Zandon's a Plotter, not a closer. Okay, I don't know what the actual difference is. Plotter to me is like a negative connotation, so that's why I called him a Plotter. One one speed closer can actually oh it has an ex, extra gear. The Plotter that's just goes true. One speed, right? Yeah, and but but not on the front end. A Plotter does one speed from the yeah. It essentially grinds <clears throat> other horses down, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, I saw Ashley Gordon ask, what was Zandon's buyer? I was going to bring it up. Thanks for mentioning it. Highest buyer of the weekend. 104 buyer for Zandon. Uh, you don't usually see inflated buyers at Aqueduct, so is that a legitimate figure? I don't know. I mean, like this, this, I guess this is the other part of this whole Aqueduct card. 
who the hell knows? I mean, literally the airport was flooded the day before they won <laughs> this race. Like, it, it, yeah. the track was a mess. Like, yeah, I guess it's legitimate, but it also has to be taken with a grain of salt, if that makes sense. I, I mean, like, it's not that out of context for Zanin to be able to run this type of number. It, he's He's had 100 plus buyers in the past. And so you look through his line and you're like, Okay, like, you know, he's running 106 in the Met Mile. He ran a 105 in the Travers. So it's not like he hasn't been able to hit these type of numbers. And again, he's consistent. I, this is going to be his sixth of the last seven races. Actually, seven of the last eight races, he's put up 100-plus buyer as well. So it's not like he, he can't do this. It's just, I mean, does a 104 win the Bleeders' Cup Classic? Um, I, I, It definitely puts him on the board. Yeah, it, it doesn't win it. It, it would. It would I think like a, a what a one hundred eight, one ten wins the classic this year. I would say you want to be in that range. I mean, maybe if if someone freaks, you're going to see like a one twelve or something like that. But like, and that's something Zan has never done. And now the pace may actually set up for him. I guess Senor Buscador would be the other argument for best closer in that race, depending on where he sits and, and what your thoughts on him are. Um, I, to me, he is the most consistent horse that is going to be coming from off the pace in what seems like a race is going to have some pace. Uh, so I think that's a definitely a positive for him. Again, I just I think that the task is a little too tall for him to get up front. Well, speaking of up front, uh, let's change gears. We'll go to talk about the turf division real quick here on Sunday at Santa Anita Park. Uh, I, I was there for eight of the races. I think I saw three of them uh, because you bring a two year old to Santa Anita Park and there are tunnels that they can access. Suddenly, Mike, everything is about playing in the tunnels. So I did, however, get to see most of Balladier go gate to wire in the Grade 2 John Henry Turf Championship Stakes. This race is kind of a, a pseudo prep for the turf race, which will be held here at Santa Anita. Um, anything out of this race that you are interested in at all? It was He won gate to wire. Master Foxhounds was in second the whole way. Maybe Speaking Scout is interesting to, to fill in underneath because he was able to actually close. Yeah, I mean... The problem with this is like when the Euros come over, this is going to be a tall task for any of these horses to be competitive with. Yeah, them. none of these belong. <laughs> I mean, I will say this: like, that was a really impressive race from Balladier. Like, look at the last couple quarters there. I mean, twenty three and uh, twenty three eighty eight, twenty two ninety nine. That's flying home. And Santa Anita, not the easiest place in the world to go gate to wire on the turf either. However, did get to really just kind of gallop by himself early there, going over forty eight seconds to the first half. So, uh, or I'm sorry, going forty seven to the first half, but going one twelve to six furlongs, and then really picking up the pace after that. I, I, I don't like anything out of this. I thought, you know, I, the only horse I'd be interested out of this race is Gold Phoenix, who I thought just was kind of up against it from a pace perspective and didn't fire the A effort. But once you mm-hmm. slot in the Europeans that are coming over, I, I, like he is maybe an underneath horse for me, and that's about it. Yeah, I didn't really didn't didn't see anything I liked either. Um, as far as the Breeders' Cup goes, uh, I will say, uh, so Mrs. Magic bet on six of the nine races. She didn't get any winners. She got second in four of them, and I was trying to make her feel better. But I was like, that's that's really difficult to do. That's just as difficult as picking four winners as picking four place horses, and you just didn't bet place in that case. But yeah. Uh, no, I did not help her pick the horses. She did that herself. And yes, I still got blamed because they didn't cash. And how did you, how did she handicap them? She asked Colson what numbers for each race. All right. There you go. Uh, I tried to talk her off Justique. That was a terrible play. Um, but some of the other ones, she had Master of Foxhounds. And like the reason I bring it up is because Shadi said I needed Master of Foxhounds. So yeah, that would have that win bet on Master Foxhounds would have paid for the whole day and the lemonade and all the other crap the kid did. So yeah, but he had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised Master Foxhounds didn't get by here. 
I feel like it really set him up for him to do so. Again, that, that last quarter of a mile, 22.99, tough to pass anybody when the leader's going that fast. But I, I thought he had a pretty good shot top of the stretch to go by Balladier here. Pretty tough to pass. Zozos in the grade three ACAC stakes at Churchill Downs September 30th. This is a Breeders' Cup winning year in for the dirt mile. And this horse, Mike, I thought looked very, uh, very strong, a very solid effort from him. I like the way Flo wrote him. He didn't ask him for more than he needed to at any point. And then when he felt things coming, he just said, okay, off we go. And, and Zozos responded, well, he's going to be in the Breeders' Cup dirt mile. Gets a 99 buyer. Is he a legitimate threat? I think he is. No. No, Magic. <laughs> like, they went 40, like they, they're not going 47 to the half in the Breeders' Cup dirt mile. And Zozos will have to be going, if he wants to, to go gate to wire, which is generally what, what we're going to see from Zozos, he's going to have to be flying early to be able to do that um I, again like there's nothing behind him here and, and we got to remember and we're going to talk about cody's wish in a second here cody's wish is going to be in that race and so do we really think that zozos off this performance is going to be able to flip the script on cody's wish i mean i i would uh i would not bet on that we'll put it that way uh out of this i'd like to see three technique go back to the sprint i think he could be uh, sneaky in the breeders cup sprint especially if there's a lot of speed that goes there and we'll talk about that in a little bit but for him here the one turn mile I, he ran well he closed well you know to only be two lengths off of a gate to wire winner and the horse that finished second was either second or ahead away from second uh pretty much the whole time so i think he might be interesting um i'm not gonna I think I'll wait to see the field before I poo-poo on Zozos. I think he could be uh, kind of a Cyberknife Jr. Who, by the way, Cyberknife, not good enough to not beat win. Cody's Wish. Who won the Voss? He's back. He won the winner. Uh, he back in the winner's circle. Won the Vosberg Stakes uh, on Sunday at Backwaduct, but not in a dominant fashion. I thought. I mean, Accredive Accretive is a good horse. I think he's kind of up and coming. He'd won both starts this year, but. This is Cody's wish. This is the defending dirt mile champion. This is the Met Mile winner. This is a like 13 time grade one winner. He did not look like that in this. And that makes me a little nervous looking for the Breeders' Cup. And he's going to be a super short price there. He is going to be super short price. 15 cents on the dollar. Uh, able to get the job done. I, are you getting a little worried about his starts? I mean, it's just, yeah. Like, this is like the sixth time in the last like ten races he's been off a step slow or a little hesitant at the break or fractious in the gate. Like, and I, I, I'm, I'm, we're totally picking nits here. Like, I get it because you know he's he's a very good horse and he's been phenomenal over the last two years. Uh, but this gate thing is getting me a little worried, especially when you're getting such a short price on him. Yeah, that, what kind of price do you think he's going to be? Because that Doc's saying the same thing. He'd be very afraid to touch Cody at the Breeders' Cup. I mean. Two to five, three to five, maybe. Yeah, right. I guess it depends. I mean, Saudi Crown also with Brad Cox. I think this furthers, you know, their decision to go classic with that horse. If he was in the dirt mile, Cody's wishes odds would be a lot better. But he, I don't think he's going there. Yeah, I, I mean, it, that would be interesting too because then you have I mean, Brad Cox controls the speed of that race. But we'll see who exactly decides to sign up in that spot. Uh, like this wasn't Cody's wish a plus effort, and that that definitely makes you a little bit you know, hesitant, but the, the breaking mm -hmm. thing, and I agree with what Chris says. I mean, I don't love betting three to five shots that break slow against legit horses. And this is a, like, we've been talking about how a lot of these fields haven't been great. Look, this was a one horse field in a lot of ways. And, and today it didn't matter that he broke slow, but if he breaks slow on Breeders' Cup Saturday, that's a, a much, much bigger concern because you're going to have a lot better horses who are going to be out in front of him that he's got to go then run down. So his tactical speed, I think, is one of his best assets. And if he loses that because of slow breaks, that makes you a lot more. It makes it a lot more difficult uh, 
to fire at Cody's wish when he's sitting at two to five, three to five. This is one of those times when we talked about before where uh, bets that we'd like to see in horse racing to make it better. Um, Chris Mellis says, I'm betting a small fortune against Cody's wish in the dirt mile. If there was a prop, like a yes, no prop on Cody's wish, which by the way, I don't know how it would work when it's you have more than two options. You know, you might have a field of 10, for example. But if Cody's wish is three to five, two to five to win, what would like... Mike, what would the, the Vegas odds be for him to not win? Like, what's the flip bet on that? Like, what kind of odds would you get on that? Well, what they would do is they give you the same price on the win. So, like, let's say he goes off at, at 2 to 5. You're looking at minus 180, right? So, we'll call him minus 180 to win. Um, but then if you flip it around, they're going to give you, like, plus 130 on the rest of the field. So, they're going to juice the bejesus out of it because you get the rest of the field versus getting just one horse, right? So that's that's how the, you're generally going to see those. And some offshore books do offer those for the Breeders' Cup. A specific When there's a heavy favorite like this, they'll offer it. But they'll offer it at the exact same price as that horse to win. Because the idea is that in a fixed odds market, if you can get you know, minus 160 in one place and minus 180 in the other, why would you ever bet the minus 180? It'd just be dumb. So they're going to give you the exact price on him, but then they're going to, you know, most most of the time you can see 20 cent lines, 15 cent lines, 10 cent lines in some cases. In this case, it will be a 50 cent line because you're getting the rest of the field versus the favorite. Um, and, and because of that, they're going to they're gonna really make you pay the price if you want to take the plus money. If anybody's interested in booking that, let us know. We'd love to... Uh... Love to get in on some of that action. I think there. I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, there was I'm, I there were offshores last year that offered it. I know that. Okay. Well, shit. Stay tuned. That's why you got to follow the Magic Mike Show. We're gonna come up with that info. And trust me, as we get closer to the Breeders' Cup, we'll have plenty of prop action. We'll be talking about uh, some more races to run through quick Saturday at Santa Anita, the Great Two City of Hope Mile Mile race on the turf, and uh, Hong Kong Harry wins it for Phil Damato. No shocker there. Even money favorites Damato two turns on the grass, but. The reason I bring it up is uh, he wins. You think maybe the turf mile will be where they go. He's not Breeders' Cup nominated, and Damato said they're probably just going to skip it in favor of the native diver. Uh, he narrowly beats Astronomer, who was trying to go gate to wire. Do you like him to possibly go to the turf mile twist, or should these horses just stay facing California horses? Uh, well, we're, real quick, before we jump off this, I didn't even think about doing this. I've just checked the futures market right now. So there mm -hmm. are odds offering. You can get Cody's Wish plus 175 right now. So that that would okay. be what, eight to five, nine to five, almost. Uh, just a tick under nine to five, yeah, nickel under. So if you, if you're interested in Cody's wish, uh, you're not getting nine to five on race day. I will tell you that much. Um, oh so yeah, there are there are places that you can play it right now uh, where you have fixed odds. That you're sitting at Cody's wish plus one seventy five. It's not for me because I don't love what I saw from Cody's wish, but I, I that there is some value there if you were able to then turn around and bet the field at a plus number against him later when there are more props that come out for the Breeders' Cup. So uh, you may be able to end up with pluses on both sides if you're if you're interested in tying the money up. But uh, yeah, right now we're, we're plus 175 for Cody's wish. Perfect. Uh, well, then you can hedge it. if you want to bet Cody now and then hedge against him come Breeders' Cup because I agree with Mike Hill. He definitely will be close to eight to five or nine to five. Um, but anyways, as part of the city of Hope Mile goes, anything that you like out of this for the turf mile or should they just stay in California? I mean, Twist would have been the only horse I was interested in. Uh, he didn't run nearly as well as I was hoping. Uh, Hong Kong Harry tripped out, got a perfect trip, was able to get the job done. Never really even got asked, to be honest with you. It was more of a hand ride down the lane than like ever really going after Hong Kong Harry here from Juan Hernandez. Uh, you mentioned it. Damato already said he's not going. I agree with that call. Like This, again, is going to be a European-dominated race, so I, I'm not really interested in any of these coming back. 
Uh, one race that or one horse that won Hernandez won on that is going to the Breeders' Cup. Going back to the Breeders' Cup sprint, my boy Doctor Shivel and, and hats off to you, Mike. Just kicked off the late pick five, um, and you went with Doctor Shivel. I went with Speedboat Beach. Although I think you might have had Speedboat Beach as well. Um, I but I it. Oh, there you go. That's right, you did. Um, boy, what a battle this was. Uh, and it, this is a race we can probably dive into a little bit. Not an official prep for the sprint, but the top two horses for sure I think should go. Fort Bragg is interesting if he goes, but maybe maybe you're better off saving him for like the Malibu. Uh, but talk to me about this race because that that head-to-head battle in the stretch, man, that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was interesting. The post positions, I think, actually decided this in the end. Dr. Shivel goes inside Speedboat Beach, three wide the entire race. And, and this was mm-hmm. a, a bob at the end. I mean, I guess it wasn't really a bob. Speedboat Beach never got by, but Dr. Shivel always had that little head-nose advantage. Um, I think if you flip them, Speedboat Beach beats Dr. Shivel in that race. I, I That was a pretty good race back, a return race for Speedboat Beach. And I, he ran to those workouts that we talked about where he had been outworking Fort Bragg and ends up finishing in front of Fort Bragg here. I would expect both these go to the sprint right now. If you look at the sprint odds, you've got elite power plus 175 as your favorite. Echo Zulu is six to one, Gunite seven to one. Uh, Dr. Shiv- or Shivel is uh, 10 to one right now, and we don't have a number on Speedboat Beach. It'd be interesting to see if there is one offered. Because uh, if he pops up at that 20 to one, 15 to one mark, I'm probably playing Speedboat Beach in some way, shape, or form. Because second time off a layoff, you'd expect a much better effort from him. Uh, Arabian Lion, pretty disappointing for the second straight race. However, I guess you could argue for the second straight race, the slop was a problem. The track was a problem. So if, if he hates mm-hmm. the off track, you could make a case that Arabian Lion is going to bounce back. Um, I, I, look, I, I, I don't think, I don't think Doctor Shival can beat Elite Power. I do think there's a world Speedboat Beach can. Yeah, rating was uh, choice there too, by the way, because he could have cleared my that go- field and didn't. My goodness, what was Victor doing? I was like, Victor's usually the one thing you're like, Victor, just it's a speed horse, just go, and he'll let it carry him. And he was actively choking Speedboat yeah. Beach back on the outside, and I'm like, no, well, okay, so that horse is definitely not winning. And then suddenly in this stretch, it's going, and I'm like, Jesus, if you would let this horse just run early, nobody's catching him. Well, it would have been interesting too because the trip for Dr. Shivel was been, would have been completely different as well. I mean, if he crosses over yep. on the two there, then the, the, the I don't remember who it was. What was it? Uh, Sir Atticus, the seven. Yep. Um, then the seven sits outside and Dr. Shivel essentially has to wait for a hole and try and go through the two path or let them go by and swing around three wide. And all of a sudden the, the script is flipped on how this race is run from Speedboat Beach and Dr. Shivel's perspective. So pretty surprising Speedboat Beach didn't go. I still thought he was going to get by when we were like midway through the stretch and he, you know, Dr. Shivel absolutely dug in there and held him off. Um, I, I like Speedboat Beach out of this race. I, I liked him going into it. The fact that he took so much money, I thought was a positive sign going from 12 to one morning line down to the three to one number. And if you look through this, you're like, okay, this is Dr. Shivel's race. That's about what he runs. Speedboat Beach's upside is still exponential compared to everybody else. Um, so yeah. In this race, because you you know that was only his fifth start, only his second start on dirt, first start off a long, long layoff, like ten months. He he could easily improve next race out, and I, I do think, well, I I don't know, maybe you're not going to get a price on him because he was three to one in this race, but he, with elite power in there, you know he's not going to be the favorite. And if Doctor Shivel's ten to one over overseas right now, you have to think you're going to get somewhere around those type of odds on Speedboat Beach as well. 
Uh, I, yeah, Speedboat Beach 10-month layoff comes into this and does that. Uh, Juan Hernandez, I'm sure, will stay aboard Dr. Shivel. Uh, be his, it's supposed to, probably going to be his last career race, the Breeders' Cup Sprint, but it's at, a, it's at his home track. It's a place that he loves, and it's, he's, he's running out of his own barn. Um, but give me Flavian Pratt on Speedboat Beach, and that's, that's your Breeders' Cup Sprint winner. Like, that's, it's so hard to see him. It will like, be someone's going to have to go suicide with him to get him to, to stop him. Well, couldn't Echo Zulu do that, though? She could. I'm not convinced that she goes to the sprint, though. Like, yeah. What do you really have to gain from doing that? Like, I know the purse is of two million versus a million, yeah. but she's got a shit ton of money earned already. What about Gunite? And- Gunite's well, but Gunite's not a speed horse. He's not gonna go out there and not like Speedboat but, Beach. Like he'll sit I, off of Speedboat Beach. Yeah, I, I think the draw matters too. Like if Speedboat Beach yep. draws the one, two, or three, watch out. Oh. Yeah, like watch out. You're gonna see underlay, 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 You're gonna see a little bit of giddy up in that first quarter, and then it's the question of whether or not you can hold off a horse like Elite Power uh, in the, the last sixteenth of a mile because Elite Power will be coming. Uh, Chris does bring a good point. She's better at sixth, and the, the, that is the one thing to consider. Thank you. I did I did not mention that. Seven furlong distance for Philly Mayor Sprint. Six for the boys. That's why they did. Was it Frank's Rockette? There was a Philly just not that long ago that went to the boys instead of the girls because of that reason. So, yeah, that's fair. Uh, very exciting, though, for Dr. Shivel. Um, glad to see him get the win and show that kind of heart. That was a fun battle, too. A couple more races to cover real quick. The Eddie D Stakes, part of the late pick five. This one was a classic Magic versus Mike battle uh laneway got the better of bran in this battle here but uh taken off the turf uh or sorry off the downhill turf they went a flat six and a half out of the shoot the breeders cup turf sprint this year is not down the hill it's five furlongs and mandela's already said i wish it was longer i don't think five's his best distance so laneway hit the board off the board trainer doesn't seem that confident i would i would probably lean off the board for laneway this was also yeah if you could draw a line where you want to go around the racetrack, Laneway would have drawn the line that he actually got to travel. Oh boy, like, he had a good one, didn't he? Just was able to sit right behind the speed, tilt out to the two path, and go. Brand had a little bit of trouble. Don't think it mattered in the end, but uh, this was this was exactly what you want from Laneway's perspective. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like I, I don't I don't want anything out of this race to be honest with you. They didn't go that fast. They weren't impressive that impressive late. I mean, like twenty three point three nine is slow for an opening quarter mile and that's over that Santa Anita turf now again it did get rain we didn't have a ton of turf races that day so we can't like completely compare it against other turf races we've seen at Santa Anita but generally you're you're looking at like high 22s at the the slowest for a six and a half long mm-hmm. sprint so it kind of crawled that first quarter picked it up a little bit in the second quarter there but I, I mean these are just a couple of right yeah yeah, I don't. There's nothing I really want out of this. We'll see. Let's see. Uh, I never was a brand fan. I did, this didn't change in my opinion. Um, none of these horses are listed in future odds. Yeah, well, that kind of there you go. Says something. Top yeah. three, all, top three, all international horses, which is kind of surprising for a turf sprint. Boom, Casa Creed, take him at odds. There you go. Fourth, eight to one. There you go, eight to one on Casa Creed. Sign it up. Uh, definitely didn't get anything close to eight to one on Adair Manor. She wins the grade two Zenyatta. Uh, yeah. That, what, yeah. Anything to make out of this, really? Looking forward to betting against her. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm totally going to fade the California Phillies again in the Breeders' Cup. I still believe there are a couple of the East Coast Phillies. Um, and, you know, whoever ships in as well. We've seen a Japanese horse win this race before, too. So we'll see what happens here. But I, I, I think Adair Manor is one of those you want to be betting against 
come Breeders' Cup. I still race. say, I, I said this after her last race too, Desert Dawn's going to hit the board. She's going to get like third or fourth and you have yeah, to fill out your tire super at a huge price. So watch it. She was up, completely up against it, had no chance in here. Um, and that, you know, did what she could. As soon as she, as soon as she got into second, Reese really looked and was like, oh, he just stopped. He's like, okay, we're not catching that. I'm clear in second. So not worried about the gap there. Um, this was one sorry, of my favorite, that was one of my favorite races to bet of the entire weekend, which sounds silly, but that one three exacta was probably the easiest bet you could. Oh yeah. Weekend. It was, a, yeah, it was a that. great one. Um, almost even money on play. What what did it end up paying? Exactly, yeah, a dollar eighty for a dollar. Yeah, which sounds like nothing. It's like man, but if you bet it enough, then it's it's worth it. And it's like, yeah, this is clearly the best better horse, than the second best horse. Better than ten cents on the dollar, one to ten on yep. her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Chillingworth. This will be the last division we talk about. Philly and Mary Sprint. The Chillingworth Stakes. Uh, huge surprise. Ida going for her eighth straight win and gets stopped at seven. Uh, a 90 buyer for Kirsten Bosch. They're going to the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint, which will be over this same course at just a half a furlong uh, farther. Any interest in her maybe underneath? Uh, she seems to be kind of improving. Um, yes, actually. I, I, I thought this was a pretty good race. Um, I, I like the fact that she was able to come from off the pace. We've seen this race play toward horses coming from off the pace a lot because it's a lot of sprinters that are in a seven furlong race. And so you generally see a pretty fast pace. Uh, they kind of came home a little bit slow, um, but I, I, still not an overly concerning thing. I mean, you look at the times there, the splits, 22, that's fast. 25, that's slow. 6.57, that's not exactly quick either. But uh, looked like Clue, the best horse from this race. The price was right. You got 15 bucks. You're going to get a decent price again. Probably an underneath horse versus on top, but definitely someone, that, a monster number, because you're probably going to get, what, 20 to 1, 25 to 1 on this horse at Breach Cup Saturday. Uh, yeah. I think that you're going to see um, you're, you're going to see something here where you're going to get a decent price and you're going to be able to use this horse underneath to fill out tries and supers. And, and she has a logical shot of being able to run into it. Uh, well, this one is, I saved the best for last. I'd love to get your opinion on the gallant bloom stakes. <laughs> Carmel Swirl gets the win sort via of. double disqualification. And the first time I watched this, I thought, okay, I think that it was correct to disqualify those two horses. I thought, the runner-up should have been disqualified for interfering with Beguine, who finished fourth. And I think the only difference is I would have, you know, put her placed her fourth instead of third. Uh, but what did you make of the double disqualification? And do you have any interest in Carmel Swirl or anyone else out of this? So this was tough. Uh, the two should have always come down. I thought the two interviewed, interfered with the four and the one. Uh, so because the the, four, the two just kind of came in the entire stretch and every time she got a half length ahead of someone she just cut in and and was then cutting off horses as she went i don't think the six did much to be honest maybe came out a half path but the fact that the two came in four paths was the reason that that even mattered if the six yeah. if the two and the six had run straight the six never comes down because the two if the two had run straight the six never comes down because the two came in so far that half of a path matters right and so uh, that's kind of tough but here's the other issue this should have been 2-1 if the horses just all ran to their form right i think that, that so sterling silver wins the race i think carmel swirl ends up running second and i think there's some part of the stewards are like well we don't want to reward heartland with the win when it was clearly the third best horse but that also kind of is like but sterling silver was the best horse but clearly cost carmel swirl or sterling silver was the best horse but cost carmel swirl a placing and in New York, that's a reason to take a horse down. Now, I was surprised that no one put 
was put behind the four because <laughs> like <laughs> i thought the two yeah interfered with the four too and like I, I like this was just this was an absolute mess um i i don't disagree with the decision to take the two down i kind of think the six probably should have stayed up because i don't think the six was necessarily guilty of anything but coming out of half path which again wouldn't have mattered had the two just ran straight. Uh, I think two definitely interfered with the four. I think the two definitely interfered with the one. And it's unfortunate if you bet Sterling Silver because Sterling Silver was the best horse in this race. Uh, if mm-hmm. she runs straight, she wins. So pretty tough. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't think there was a there there was no decision that was gonna make everybody happy, but I I thought that, that they did the, the best thing that they could have with it. Maybe to maybe the six. That's the one where I think it's a little questionable about it. and i think what you said is exactly correct if if the two runs straight the six coming out that little tiny bit doesn't look like anything no um third which is i kind of think why they ended up with the placing they did i, I yeah. think this would have been two one six and the four i guess you could make a case may have run better but it was going to be two one six once the four was pushed back had they all ran in a straight path and Cut. i think the idea that and this is something the stewards I mean, this is why it's so hard to like try and get inside the brain of a steward. I think the reason the six came down is because the six was never winning the race. And so they put the one up because the two interfered with the one and the one would have beaten the six had the two not interfered with the one. Carl Ramrod says, Irad gets that half path every day at Naira. And, and Doc says, if Irad rode the six or two, no change. Well, you know what? He rode the three and she sucked. So it didn't matter in that case. But you you guys are probably right about that one in that situation. But yeah, Philly Mary Sprint. A lot of it relies on what Echo Zulu does. I think we both love her if she goes to that race, but uh, maybe she goes face the boys. We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if Sterling Silver ends up in the uh, the Philly Mare Sprint, I'm, I'm a little interested. I thought that was a really good race, and I, I thought she was the best horse in that race, and you're going to get a decent price. You can come from off the pace. You're going to need some pace for Echo Zulu, but at seven furlongs, a little bit more of an issue than six. Like There are some, some chinks in the armor there if you're able to find someone that you like and you think Echo Zulu is going to get pressed at all. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Magic Mike Show uh, over at RacingDudes.com because of all the crazy-ass weather that we had this week. The Pilgrim Stakes and the uh, Miss Grillo Stakes are now on Wednesday at Backwaduct. Uh, Jared Welch did the previews for those that are Breeders' Cup winning your ins for the Juvenile Turf and the Juvenile Phillies Turf. So go check those out. Uh, Galabrand is running back. Uh, very excited to see her in the Miss Grillo. It's, you know, her with anticipation stakes win flattered by Carson's run coming back and running very well at Woodbine Mike. So those are exciting races on Wednesday. We also have uh, analysis of all of the Breeders' Cup, the official Breeders' Cup prep races over at RacingDudes.com. And then, of course, we've got 15 winning your ends between Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, make sure you are subscribed to YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. We're doing previews for every single one of them. Um, it's going to be a rough week. If you think my voice sounds rough, well, actually, I'm not going to be the one talking in most of them. So I guess that'll help save me a little bit. I didn't, I, I've been sick for two weeks. I guess that's why my voice is a little off. The doc made me very self-conscious about it now. I mean, it, there's a little bit of more, more graininess to it, but it's not, you know, I've, I've done 501 of these with you. I'm kind of used to all the things <laughs> that we've had over that process. I think we've both been sick for quite a few of those. Um, yeah. I'm excited to get Kids. Keeneland back, man. I like we just need can we just get a weekend without a train wreck because it feels like every single time we've had these big cards and again like you can't control the weather i'm not mad at santa anita for everything that happened aqueduct i got some thoughts about we, we could have done a lot <laughs> better job than what we did this weekend and we'll we'll just leave it at that because it's just the debacle well, can't, canceling a race the day ahead but then just like still having that hour gap that was yeah. you didn't what? think that was the correct decision 
and I don't want to like, I don't want to destroy Naira for it because I'm sure they had regulatory reasons why they couldn't move the times. So that's why there was an hour gap. But like, just just move the whole card back. You don't need to run this that day. Just figure out a way. If you were approved for Sunday racing on Wednesday, why don't we figure out how to get a Monday approved and we just run Wednesday through Monday for a week, give the track three more days and not screw everyone over. No one's going to Aqueduct anyway. You don't have anybody on track. So don't worry about that. Like, it's just, it's wild to me that we didn't get a little bit more creative in the solution. And the solution was, let's force a day down everyone's throats on Saturday or on Sunday. And then let's come up with this wild solution to take a race out. So there's an hour gap. And oh, by the way, just so that no one gets confused, let's cancel all the multi-race bets through it, which are still listed everywhere. Like, it's just, I, I can't, it was, it was ridiculous, man. Like there's, there was still a better decision that could have been made there. And, and that. It's frustrating. I got to give Chris Anita some credit, at least. They took three races off the turf before the first pick five and then gave everyone 10 minutes, at least, to to try and re-handicap those off the turf races. So credit to them. It would have been nice if they also had the scratches for those races in that 10 minutes, but beggars can't be choosers in that spot. At least they gave us some time versus loading everyone immediately into the gate. So that's appreciated as a better. But still, it's like, it's just tough, man. It, it's just, if we, it feels like horse racing hasn't been able to catch a break for, for I mean, non-self-inflicted wounds for a month and a half right um self-inflicted wounds that's not really catching a break it's just do better so it, it, it's just been a stretch here it's we've consistently had bad weather it's forced some bad decisions and no one's really learned from that and and hopefully people will hopefully we just have a nice sunny weekend across the country there's no issues at aqueduct keeneland goes off without a hitch san anita is beautiful and everyone's happy that's we just just get us one weekend where everyone's happy. That's all I'm asking for. Well, listen, it's going to be a beautiful day, beautiful day outside. We're going to end the show because I'm going to go outside and enjoy it. You're probably going to go do the same with your family. Thank you so much for enjoying this time with us. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure before you leave, like the video, subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes. Rodney says, damn, I'm late. What did I miss? Rodney, we found a spot where you can get Speedboat Beach at 50 to 1 and win the Breeders' Cup. I'm kidding. Rodney's a huge Speedboat Beach fan. I thought I'd tease him on that, but... Uh, good to see you better late than never, Rodney. I know he was uh, hoping Speedboat Beach would win the sprint, but you got to be proud of how he looked. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Calvart. He is at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. We'll be back on Thursday covering Keeneland's late. Yeah, Wait, do we want to do the special bet that we had? Uh, I had sent you? It was like the pick six between Santa Anita and Keeneland. No, let's just do Keeneland. Okay. Keelan late pick five on Thursday. That was that got shut down real fast. I look, I, I did, I don't. Yeah, let's let's just do Keelan. Fine. All right. Well, the card's already out, so go uh, study for Friday and Saturday. Keelan, uh, we'll be back Thursday, five Eastern, two Pacific, to cover the late pick five, and of course, join us every Thursday through Sunday for dudes who bet daily. Oh yeah, also forgot the we're doing a betting bible this week. So the Coolmore Turf Mile betting bible at Keelan. Wow, that's a that's a mouthful. We're gonna be doing that one. Uh, it, if you get the, if you want to get the the betting bible, or if you even want to get the Breeders' Cup betting bible, here's what you got to do. If you do it now, but between October fourth and October seventh, if you become a premium subscriber, you're going to get three wagering guides absolutely free. You get the Coolmore Turf one, you get the Breeders' Cup betting bible, and then you get the 14 trends of the Breeders' Cup. If you do it after the seventh, so after the Turf Mile, if you're interested in this guide, you're still gonna get those other two. It's uh, those two have a value of ninety dollars. The premium product started at $90, so boom, you're going to pay for it yourself right there. So go check that out. Check out the Samo Bombs. I know Mike 
uh, is, is super excited to go price hunting at Keeneland. You can already hear it in his voice. Yeah, no, I, I love me some Keeneland, man. It's, it's still the biggest score of Sama Bomb's history there. I think it was 15000 that we cashed. I think we took down almost 40% of the pool that day. That was a lot of fun. Uh, like going back to Keeneland. Love the big fields, the big prices. It's 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 feast or famine there, which is the one frustrating part about Keeneland. Like you need to hit one and you're good. Unlike some other places where you got to be consistent because they're you know you got these two thousand dollar ones, fifteen hundred dollar ones that consistently come in. At Keeneland, you you can get the five figure scores because of the fields and the the because of the fields and the prices that you have run in there. So a lot of fun to take a stab at it. Hopefully we can uh, we can rock at this meet. Yeah, we uh, if you Frankenstein our ticket together, you would have hit at Santa Anita. I was uh, I was the two races that I lost, Mike. I ran second in both of them. I was so mad about that one. Oh well, we'll have some better luck on Thursday. Yeah, it was, it was a little chalky. We could it was it was gettable, but it would have been tough to to make it overly profitable if you got too spready. And that's I think we both yeah. kind of decided to take a little uh, take stands in certain races. Yours worked out, but couldn't fill out the rest. Mine didn't, and filled out the rest. So what, what are you gonna do? We'll see what singles we take on Thursday. Until then, I'm Magic and I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. We'll see you on Thursday. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.